It's always good to have a full church. Thank you for being here. And we're going to continue in a teaching mode, as Brian said. We're going to continue in that on Sunday mornings. Now, um, I don't usually teach on Sunday mornings. Usually our normal habit is to preach on Sunday mornings and then teach on Wednesday nights. And we have a wonderful Bible study on Wednesday nights. I want to encourage you to be here on Wednesday. This past Wednesday night, the Lord reversed the roles, and I got to preach Wednesday night, and we had a wonderful, wonderful service. It was a real blessing. So if you missed that, you missed something, and the Lord was really present here with us. I appreciate his presence this past Wednesday night, so don't miss that. Anyway, this morning, let's get right into the message, and we're preaching part two, or teaching, I guess, Part two on balance. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we're grateful for the day. Thank you for this Sunday, this day of rest, day of worship that balances out our week. Lord, we've had our minds in the world. We've been at work. Our minds have been at work. Our bodies have been at work. And Lord, I pray that you'd bring us into your house this morning and help us to refocus as we look at your word and as we learn some things from your word this morning. I pray that you would speak to our hearts and build us up in the most holy faith. Thank you for who you are. And Lord, we're so blessed. And we pause to just say thank you and praise you for blessing us so much. In Jesus' name, amen. We've seen how that there has to be balance in the world. You have to have balance to walk. There has to be a balance. If you don't eat a balanced diet, <laughs> you'll get sick or you'll get unhealthy. There has to be balance in nature. If nature gets out of balance, you're in a mess. One of the things I think about when I think about that is all of the ladybugs that we have and the stink bugs because our government tried to imbalance with, with, uh, with all the, the aphids and things that were coming in and they tried to offset that and they got our nature. When nature gets out of balance, you've got an infestation. We have vacuumed up ladybugs and stink bugs. I'm so tired of those things. Somebody said a stink bug is now the state bird of Virginia. So, <laughs> so we, we see things that are disproportionate. We also saw in Job's life how Job's life, because of his circumstances, his, his mind became warped and he began to blame God for his circumstances. He began to try to place blame for his situation everywhere else but himself. And he got out of balance and he attempted to place blame in the wrong places. And when Job's friends came over, they attempted to place blame in the wrong places also. And they said this, Elihu asked this question in Job chapter 37, Dost thou know the balancing of the clouds? He asked Job, he said, If you don't know how God has balanced the universe and how God has balanced nature, then how do you know what God is doing in your life, Job? You're placing blame in the wrong area. And Job had to relook and take and look beyond his circumstances to see the things that he did not understand. The Bible said that as high as the heavens are above the earth are his ways above our ways. And so, in other words, Job, if you don't know how God works in, in the heavens, then how do you know how he works 
on the earth. And then we also looked at this. We need to balance the roles in our life. I'm a husband. I'm a father. Uh, I'm a pastor. I am so many things. I'm an employee. I am so many things in life, and I have to balance all of those roles. Our life just gets so disproportioned. I'm reviewing just a little bit here. We showed you from the Levitical law that Christ was such a well-rounded person. He was perfect in his actions. He was perfect in his reactions. Jesus Christ faced every situation appropriately. Somebody say amen. amen. He was an appropriate person. He was a moderate person. He showed moderation in everything he did. When the Pharisees got in his face, he never let them, he never let them take him out of character. When someone needed love or attention, he never let that take him out of character. Jesus Christ was a well-rounded person. Amen. And so we find that from the Levitical law that we saw him perfect in his actions. We see that it's always good to balance work and rest. The Bible tells us to work, but it also tells us to rest. The Bible says, he that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. If you get off balance in recreation and vacation, it'll bring you to poverty. So we ended by saying this, that even our ministries sometimes get out of balance. And I was kind of ended on preachers, but I want to start again on churches. As I view our world today, our modern world, I, I see that the church is having balance problems. We're having vertigo problems. We're wobbly. And what I mean by that, and I said this last week, there's a ditch on both sides of the road that we can all wreck in. If you get too far in to the right, you're going to wreck in the right ditch. Too far to the left, you're going to wreck in the, in the left ditch. And so I'm seeing churches today, some are so far to the right that they've become mean-spirited. Some are so far to the right that they're legalistic. They go by the Mosaic law. They're even pontifical in their leadership. And by that, I mean it's like the pastor is the pope. You know what I'm saying? That's too far right-handed. Amen. We're not pontifical. We're not, we're, we're not of priestly orders. We're a church. Amen. And Jesus Christ is our head. And he will remain our head. And if our head changes to be the pastor, something is warped. God help us to keep Christ as our head. And so these, uh, the Lord, I notice, want you to notice how the Lord always balanced doctrine. And he always was a God, and he was a perfect picture of moderation. But on the other end of that spectrum, I'm seeing a lot of churches in America that have become so liberal, they are not taking a stand against sin. You can wreck in the left ditch the same as you can wreck in the, the right ditch. They have become licentious and loose, and you can even hardly recognize they look more like a social club than a church. They act more like a nightclub than a church. That is wrecking in the left ditch, dear friend. And may I just inject right here, the Bible says that Christ is not the minister of sin. 
Christ is many things, but he's not the minister of sin. Christ does not forgive us today so we can go about our sin again tomorrow. Christ does not have mercy on us today so we don't have to change our ways and we can continue on in our sin. Jesus Christ is not the minister of sin. The standards of moral doctrine in the church need to be maintained. Amen. And as long as I'm the pastor, we will, re- we will retain our standards of moral doctrine based upon the word of God. Amen. But we also ought to balance that with love, understanding, and mercy. And if we don't, we'll wreck on either ditch, in, in, on a ditch in either side. We ought to keep all of life in perspective by living a wise and godly lifestyle. Let me say that again. We ought to keep life in perspective by living a wise and godly lifestyle. When I become like Christ and the more I become like Christ, the more God equalizes me, gives me equilibrium to walk through life, restores my balance in life. When I surrender to the will of God, the divine equilibrium of God keeps me from staggering in either ditch. Amen. I want us to think about this. This is brain. This is a message for thought. What caused the first case of imbalance in the world? I mean, when we go back to the Garden of Eden, we find that there was a perfect balance of nature. We find there was a perfect balance in relationships between men and women. We find there was climate control. Boy, that would be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, there was just a perfect balance of nature. There was a perfect social balance. There was a a perfect temperature balance. But something happened in the Garden of Eden that caused the earth to be cursed and caused the imbalance of nature. It caused our work to be harder. It caused problems between man and man. It broke our relationship with God. And that all became because of Satan. And Satan's imbalance started in heaven when he said, I will arise above the throne of God. Satan was the anointed cherub that covereth, and he said, I know what I'll do. I'll arise. I'll make my throne higher than God's throne. And boy, guess what happened? He got focused, and we're going to discuss this in a minute. He got focused on that, focused on that power, focused on himself, and he became so imbalanced that God had to kick him out of heaven. Then he comes to earth and he does the same thing on earth that he did in heaven. He causes imbalance. He's a cancer on earth. By the way, while I'm there, cancer, you know what it is? You know what it's caused by? One cell in your body. One cell is all it takes to get imbalanced. Disproportionate. And it bumps another cell and causes that one to get unbalanced and another one and another one and you know what you got you got a tumor so satan is a cancer on earth he lost his place in heaven because of his extreme pride and arrogance and then he brings that disproportion to earth and destroys the harmony here that's why jesus christ was sent to earth you know what he did he restored our harmony with god When he died on the cross, Jesus Christ destroyed the works of the devil spiritually and restores our harmony with God. 
And then one day, he's coming back at his second coming. I'm talking about the rapture, talking about the second coming. The second coming will begin a millennial reign of Jesus Christ where he restores the balance of nature. Wow. And the Bible says that the sower or the reaper is going to overtake the sower. Sower the reaper, the Bible says the lamb's going to lay down with the lion. The child's going to play on the crocodile's den. Hey, listen, Jesus Christ is going to restore harmony on planet Earth. He's going to balance it back out. And then the, after that, he's going to restore for eternity social harmony. Thank God we'll have war no more. I am so tired of war, aren't you? You know who brings that balance? Jesus Christ. One day. We, we, listen, the Bible says we'll t take our plows and, or our swords and turn them into plows. I don't know about you, but I like to plow. I really do. I don't much like to fight, but I like to plow and see things grow. Thank God for that balance that he will restore. So, I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. And here's what I want to look at in just a minute. As we look at Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that God looked down in his creation and uh, he, he created things. And the Bible says he created the world. Uh, the, the, uh, he looked at the light in chapter 1 and he saw that the light was good. He looked at the dry earth and the seas and he saw that it was good. He looked that the waters brought forth abundantly and saw that it was good. The earth brought forth abundantly and he saw that it was good. He saw the lights in the heaven, the sun, the moon that he created. And the Bible says, watch this at the end of chapter 1, verse number 31. And God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was, there's an adjective there, very good, or an adverb, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So God ends chapter 1, and he says, everything I did was very good. I'll have to agree with him, don't you? I enjoy what he created. But the, when we turn the chapter, and here's where I want to preach for a little while if I can, when he turned the chapter he saw something that in creation that he had overlooked. And something was imbalanced. It wasn't, had, had nothing to do with Satan, had nothing to do with evil. He saw something that was not good. Look at, look at Genesis chapter 2. Turn the page to Genesis chapter 2, verse number 18. God admits there is something here in his creation that is not good, that is out of balance. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good. Wait a minute, now look up here at me. We just saw in Genesis chapter 1 that everything was good. The light was good, the, the earth was good, the waters were good, the things they brought forth, the grass, the trees, everything was very good. And all of a sudden God says, wait a minute, I think I've overlooked something here. Let's read it. What did he overlook? Genesis 2.22. Well, I didn't finish 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. Genesis 2.18. I will make and help meet. For him, Adam needed something that would balance his life. Let me say that again. Adam needed something that would balance his life, and her name was Eve. Look at, look at verse number 22. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a man. 
That's the Nettie Idiot's version. <laughs> We're reading the King James Bible. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made a woman. And he brought her to the man. So what did the woman bring to the home? She brought completion. She brought an equilibrium. She brought balance to the home. God did not create Cleve and Steve. He created Eve. Amen. You know what he created? A help meet. A help meet. A female to balance the male. A feminine to balance the masculine. Now I'm going to give you some marriage counseling. Because our homes are out of balance. Look at verse 23 before I do that. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Even Adam realized the poise and the counterpoise that God created in the home. And when it gets out of balance, our homes are messed up. So if Satan attacked the world, the harmonious world, why would he not attack a harmonious home? Why would he not try to cause just so much disproportion in the home if he wanted to destroy it? So that's why he attacks the home. Without the home remaining intact with both parents, a child grows up out of proportion. Let me say that again. Without the home remaining intact, a child grows up warped. I've got facts for you. Don't say, oh, I'm a single parent. I could do a good job. Do the best job you can if you're a single parent, but realize that home needs to be put together like God put it together. <laughs> the demographics for our day show this, and I'm going to turn them around backwards from what I had them written down. In 1968, 85% of children, 85% of children were in a home with a male and a female parent. 85%. Today, 20% of our homes are mommy, daddy, bubby, and sissy. What's wrong with our society? What's wrong with our country? What's wrong with our families? What's wrong with our homes? Why is everything seeming to be out of proportion? Like looking in some kind of a fun house mirror, everything is disproportionate because Satan has attacked the home and destroyed the home and our children have not been raised like they should have been raised. Here is, if you don't believe me, and you may not believe the government, but I thought this was really strange. I found this on a website called .gov. When you see .gov, you've got government information. Is everybody with me? Okay, so let's use government's information. Monitoring these trends, so the numbers that I just gave you came from .gov. Here's what .gov says, continuing. Monitoring these trends is important because children's living arrangements can have implications for children's outcomes. 
Let me read that again. Monitoring these trends is important because children's living arrangements can have implications for children's outcomes, such as academic achievements, internalizing problems, in other words, depression and anxiety, externalizing problems, that means anger and aggression. No wonder we've got internal anxiety and depression. Our homes are messed up. No wonder we have external anger and aggression in our societies because our homes are messed up. Amen. <laughs> Why is that? Because God created them male and female and together the male and female can raise an excellent, well-rounded, moderate child of either gender. Let me say that again. I like repeating things this morning for some reason. Because when the home has, is led by mom and dad, they bring an equilibrium to the home that raises that child such so they can be excellent, well-rounded, and versatile. A child of either sex can turn out, quote, unquote, normal. <laughs> now, Here's where I get into counseling. One of the first things that when I counsel a couple, one of the first things I do is bring their attention to their roles in the home. Unless we understand our roles in the home, I'm talking about a godly home with mom and dad, Bubby and Sissy. Unless we understand our roles in the home, we're going we're gonna to get disproportionate. And I want you to think about this with me, about the roles of the, both the mother and the father. And, and I'm going to get in our psyches a little bit. A man was created to keep the overview of things. A woman was created to look at details. Let me give you an example. A man was created, and, and, and here's the way a man's mind works. He steps back and looks at the whole thing. If I see a, a tract of land, I, I, in my mind, I put a fence around that tract of land. I border it. I look at the whole thing, kind of look at the whole. But on the other hand, Lisa will be looking at a tree. Did you see how beautiful that tree was or where it said? And I'm like, no, I didn't. Which view is correct? Both of them are. Amen. They're balanced. I see one thing, she sees it different. And when I understand in the home that as a female who balances me out, who brings equilibrium to the home, I need to listen to her. She saw something I didn't see. She perceived something that I didn't perceive. She's my helpmate. God put her there. Thank God he didn't put a man there. Amen, hallelujah, glory to God. We'd be messed up, amen. I mean, a man keeps an overview, a woman looks more at details. And that's why, gentlemen, it's nice to bring her some flowers home every once in a while. That's why it's nice to recognize her role in the home, number two, the man, and neither of these are wrong. They're both right, but they balance. A man uses his head and logic and reason and ration. 
And he runs math problems in it. How much does this cost? How much will we use it? How much is it worth? How much is it going to cost to maintain it? How long will it last? And a woman says, look how pretty that is. I'd like to have that. (laughs) Neither one of them are wrong. A woman uses his head, logic, and reason, but a woman will tend to follow her intuition, her emotions. Amen. Neither one of them is wrong. She'll tend to follow her heart. And let me tell you something. I've learned through the years when my wife says, you better think about that. I better trust her intuition. Because sometimes my logic has me wrecking in the right ditch and her, her intuition is pulling me back to the middle of the road. Is everybody with me? That's a good Father's Day message. Number three, the man is according to Scripture and according to nature the stronger of the two. Period. But a male can be, and I hate this toxic masculinity thing that's going around today, but a male can be harsh. A male can be toxic at times, if you want to put it that way. (laughs) But the woman, on the other hand, will add tenderness. And I can tell you that if I spend a week or so uh, busy and I don't have much time with my wife, I get hard. I mean hard-hearted. I mean she adds the tenderness to me. Somebody say amen. amen. And I can tell when we finally hey, say, wait, we've been so busy we, and we spend some time together, it tenders me. I'm hitting home. I'm helping our homes. The Father... And by the way, let me just say this while I'm on toxic masculinity. They ask, and I saw this report this week somewhere, and I don't even remember where. They ask a child, a a human trafficker, a child molester, what was the number one thing he looked at when he stole a child or molested a child? And he said this, He didn't look at the child. He didn't look at the child's age, its looks. He said the first thing he looked at was the masculinity of the father. That if that child had a feminine type father, he knew he could get away with whatever he wanted to with that child. I say masculinity is important. Let me say that again. Masculinity in the home is important, but so is the feminine side that balances us out. This will help you home. The father tends to be outgoing while the mother exhibits more submissive qualities. Amen. Believe me, I have learned a lot. I have learned a lot from my wife's submissive qualities. (laughs) You guys are frowning at me. (laughs) I have learned a lot from my wife's submissive qualities. Her moderation has taught me a lot because old dad gets some bullheaded sometimes. Is it getting hot in here or is it just me? (laughs) Dad gets bullheaded sometimes and mom's moderation 
helps me out. Amen. Not just her tenderness. Not just her emotion. Not just her intuition. But her tenderness and compassion. And her moderation. Amen. I'd hate to be the pastor of this church without a woman to correct me sometimes. Let me just, let me just be real honest with you. The father is usually looks at things through a more practical eye. The mother usually looks at things through a more sentimental eye. They are both correct. The father is usually more disciplined and militaristic, and the mother is usually more passive and compassionate. <laughs> My dad was an ex-military man. And buddy, when he wore me out, he whipped me so hard that my mama cried. Amen. You know what? Both were, both were correct. I praise God for the correction of my father. I'll raise both hands to America and say, I praise God for the correction of my father. I'm not in jail because he's whipped me. Amen. And I don't mean spanked. I didn't get spanked. I got whipped. Amen. And I needed it. My dad never raised the belt to me unless I needed it. But mama's wrung her hands and cried at the door after about 10 licks of that good belt. <laughs> I needed the compassion of my mother. Amen. It took both the compassion and the discipline to balance me. Amen. Well, let's move on. Both of these personalities properly develop a child to keep a home on the even course. Listen to me carefully. God made us male and female for a reason. God brought the home together for a reason. God made us different for a reason. Mom is not wrong, nor dad is wrong in their views. And oftentimes our views clash against each other because we don't understand each other. I hope what I've said will help our homes because our homes today need some serious help. And almost everything I just, all those six things I just told you once I bring somebody in to counsel them and they understand these things and they begin to understand each other, how each other's minds work and their rightful place in the home, can I, I say this and I don't say it boastfully. God help me not to say this boastfully. But the Lord has allowed me to save four of the last five marriages Amen. through counseling. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Thank God. And it's just through understanding the balance in the home. I need to quit right there. Let's stand. I'm through preaching. Thank you. This series may go, <laughs> I thought it would go another week, but it's going to go two more weeks probably. I wonder this morning, now, I've quit early enough to linger the invitation for just a minute. And I've preached, I know, and taught. I've directed that toward the church and for those of us who are saved, but this morning there may be a person here who's not saved. And for just one minute, let me talk to you who are not saved. If you're not saved, 
you're out of balance. You're, I'm just going to be honest with you. If you're not saved, you're warped. You say, preacher, I'm not warped without Jesus Christ. You'll follow your flesh. You'll follow the devil. You'll follow the ways of the world. And you're going to wind up warped if you do that. Jesus Christ, on the other hand, died for you on the cross. He loves you with all of his heart. He extends to you grace. And he says, if you'll come to me, just like in the home, I'll, I'll balance you out. I'll take that which is warped out of your personality. I'll remove your sin. I'll take that which is disproportionate. And I'll bring it back into proportion. That's exactly what salvation is. It is Jesus Christ in your life making you a person, a whole person, a spiritual person, an emotional person, a thinking person. He does not affect your critical thinking skills. He improves them. He does not take you out of balance. He improves your balance. He does not send you off into the flesh and into the things on the left. He keeps you from wrecking in either ditch on either side of the road. Amen. That's who Christ is. Why would you turn him away? Why would you turn such a wonderful salvation away? Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. If you're not saved, I invite you to Christ this morning. Christ who can make your life whole. Christ who can set your home in order. Christ who can set your life the way it should be. Christ who can restore order to your home. Christ who can restore order to your life. Christ who can bring moderation where there's excess. Somebody say amen. amen. Christ can bring moderation where there's an extreme. Amen. Do you need to be saved? Why don't you move? And while you're thinking about moving, church, I don't know how this series has grown and what it's doing, but God's moving. And God's doing something. And God's bringing us together. You see, when our homes are healed, our churches can be healed. Look this way. I'm through. I need to say that again with you looking at me. When our homes are healed, our church can be healed. When our homes are functioning balanced, like the car we talked about with a harmonic balancer, when our homes are functioning balanced, our church can really have that. And display that. Oh, God, help us to, to, to get right with God and allow the blood of Jesus Christ to re restore that relationship with God, that relationship with nature, and that relationship with others. Amen. I pray that'll happen as we continue this series next week. God bless you.